0: right. Happy Friday. Glad you're with us. Write down our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Thanks, Scott Shannon. 800 941 if you want to join us. Well, I don't know what's going to happen here. Joe Biden's going to have to go after a Democratic governor who's gone all Neanderthal because according to the Harvard Current, The governor, Ned Lamont, announced yesterday, I didn't see this yesterday, that he will now roll back COVID-related restrictions in Connecticut starting on March the 19th, including allowing restaurants to operate at full capacity, loosening rules on sports and entertainment venues, and lifting the state's travel ban. Unbelievable. Connecticut's new plan... Defies, quote, guidance from the director of the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention, who recommended earlier this week that states move slowly in reopening. How come Florida can stay open? They have some, the highest percentage of elderly population. And from day one, that was mission one for, the, for, for Ron DeSantis. He literally mobilized every state government agency in Florida to protect the elderly. You know, like people that live at America's friendliest hometown, the villages. And, and they have a very high percentage of older Americans that retire in the great state of Florida because of the weather and the sunshine and the lifestyle. It's a lot better. And you don't pay state income taxes uh, it is unbelievable to me that, you know, look, it, and let me be clear here. Now, if you're going to run into older people, in other words, those that are susceptible to the most problems related to COVID, you have, you know, be responsible. Wear your mask, socially distant. If you're an older person and yourself, if you have an underlying condition, if you have a, a comorbidity, if you have a compromised immune system, work with your doctor. I'd strongly recommend considering the vaccine. I'm not going to tell people how to live their lives. That's going to be between you and your doctor. You're going to have to make those decisions together. But, it, but at least we, we can st- we're at the end of the, the road here. You know, Joe, we're going to have 300 Americans vaccinated over the summer. 300, says it twice in one speech. Okay, but Hannity, how dare you say he looks weak and he's frail and he's cognitively struggling. You know, last night on TV, I actually showed Joe Biden debating Paul. I think it was Paul Ryan in 2012 and then Joe Biden in 26, uh, 2016, before he left office to today. He sent me
1: two letters saying, by the way, can you send me some stimulus money for companies here in the state of Wisconsin? We sent millions of dollars. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night, the, the, the phone. Make sure the kids hear words. Now they got a new plan. Trust me, it's not going to cost you any more. Folks, follow your instincts on this one. We hold these truths to be self evident. All men and women created by go, you know the go know you know the thing. They put one foot in front of the other. They keep going. That's the unbreakable spirit of the people of America. That's who we are. And representatives, uh, Shirley, Shirley Jackson Lee, Al Green, Sylvia Garcia, Lizzie Finnelli, uh, uh, excuse me, Finnnell. And uh, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here.
0: It's bad. Sorry, it's bad. I don't know what's going on, but it's, it's, getting, it's getting real. And, you know, the foreign press, either they're all radicals like Hannity or they see what I see. Now, here's the other thing. Uh, hostile regimes, you know, run by hostile actors— Oh, I can run off the names of a few Putin, Russia, President Xi, China, mullahs, Iran, Kim Jong un, North Korea. They're, they're watching also. It's a little, you know, who is making the decisions here? Okay, I can take some questions now. That annoying bars and tone sound. That's no, we can't have that. I don't know. And then now we got this disaster, this unmitigated disaster of two trillion dollars. Look, in 33 years, I have talked a lot about waste, fraud, abuse, mismanagement, high taxes, government overreach, government bureaucracy. I've seen I've seen more money wasted than you could shake a stick at. They used to have a a, used to run through the list. Uh, of of waste fraud and abuse and money's going to study the mating habits of the Japanese quail or something insane things like that national endowment for the arts and humanities this 1.9 trillion dollar covid bill well the only way to improve it as senator kennedy of louisiana just said is with a shredder that's the only way you can improve it it's useless and it is only 9%, 600 and what, 28-page liberal socialist democratic wish list. And they're ramming it through the Senate. It'll be a 50-50 tie, Kamala Harris breaking the tie vote if, if unless Murkowski or Ben Sass the jackass, or Mitt Romney go the other way. You got literally billions and billions of dollars to bail out big blue states with high taxes that never balance their budget, live within their means or fund their pensions. And the people that are going to be paying for it are the people that elect responsible governors, responsible red state legislatures that, you know, balance their budgets, fund their pensions. They're going to be stuck putting that bill. New York. Bingo! They're going to get at least fifty billion dollars. Fifty billion. There's a hundred and thirty billion in this for school funding. I didn't find out till last night. I've been telling you that some of these monies for emergency COVID relief aren't going to be spent till 2022, and then 2024. No, it stretches out to 2028. They're figuring they could. They want to grab every single dime they can now. When they can get away with it, you get to use the reconciliation process to circumvent the legislative filibuster, meaning you need a 60-vote margin only once. This is how they passed Obamacare. Remember, Scott Brown was going to be the 51st vote against Obamacare. No, they got it. A billion dollars. Okay, so there is some stuff for vaccine confidence activities, whatever that means. They're giving money for COBRA payments for illegal immigrants in this bill. They're giving literally hundreds and hundreds of millions and billions of dollars to foreign countries healthcare plans i'm like this is madness we cannot afford this this is insanity and then on top of it then we got the madness known as hr1 now they're going to have a harder time with that assuming joe manchin and senator cinema of arizona hold the line And don't go along with ending the legislative filibuster. But I I thought that Manchin in particular said, you know, G.D., whatever, you know, for crying out loud. uh, What part of no, I'm not ending the legislative filibuster. Don't you understand? Like he's getting pissed off, you know, getting the question thrown at him at this point, which is not bad. Uh, That's that's a good thing for everybody. I'll tell you, this thing at the border is getting really bad, too. Now we've got immigrants that are testing positive for COVID. Now, we showed video of detention centers this week on Hannity, exclusive footage. Now, not only you have kids in these tents with foil blankets. Who ever heard of a foil blanket? I mean, it's insanity. They won't let anybody see the cargo shipping containers that they're putting these kids in. Can't see, no, no cameras allowed, but we're told there are butterflies in there. They have tiny windows, these shipping containers. And they have bars on the windows. And I can't imagine, even with butterflies on the walls, that these things are any good. But now we've got a health crisis at the border. Now they're literally moving people to other states. State governors are having a fit over this, as they rightly should. One-house Democrats sounding the alarm. 10,000 illegal immigrants are now entering Texas every week. We had Governor Abbott on on Hannity last night under Biden's open border policy. 10,000 illegal immigrants a week. A lot of these are are, our kids. Now, what we ought to be doing is saying stopping them at the border, health checking them to protect our personnel down at the border and ICE and, and border security agents. And then we ought to be saying, where are you from? Okay, here's a bus. Get on the bus and go home. We'll take you home. But we don't do that. That's what they do in Australia. That, you know that you can't even reach the mainland. And if you're ill, they'll take care of you. They'll get. They'll, they'll nurse you back to good health. They'll give you enough food and enough water to make the journey home. But you're not getting in illegally. And you know we do have people that still hate America. People that are still involved with radical extremism that want to bring harm to American towns and cities. Then I think COVID ought to teach us that maybe we ought to think about health checks for anybody entering the country. There's no social distancing in the videos we showed you last night. There's no mask wearing of any of the videos of the migrant families that are coming across. Henry Cuellar, the congressional district, is near the U.S.-Mexico border. He warned of 10,000 illegal immigrants apprehended in a single border sector in Texas in one week. We are weeks, maybe days away from a crisis on the southern border. Well, that's the opposite of what Biden is saying and the opposite of what the director of Homeland Security is is saying. The president, President Trump an exile to quote Acosta, our borders totally out of control. Thanks to the disastrous, quote, leadership of Joe Biden, our great Border Patrol. Ice agents have been disrespected, demeaned, mocked by the Biden administration, a mass incursion into the country by people who should not be here, is happening on an hourly basis and getting worse by the minute. Many have criminal records. Many others are here spreading COVID, which they've even had to confirm. Interior enforcement has been shut down. They've now instituted catch and release again, as a side note. ICE officers are desperate to remove convicted criminals, and Biden won't even let them do that. The spiraling tsunami at the border is overwhelming local communities, depleting budgets, crowding hospitals, taking jobs from legal American workers. And when I left office, we'd achieved the most secure border in our country's history. Under Biden, it'll soon be worse, more dangerous, more out of control than ever. And he said he's violated his oath of office to uphold the Constitution and enforce the laws. Well, he's not enforcing the law. He's bypassing the law. Just like he's bypassing an entire co-equal branch of government with the stroke of a pen with every executive order that he signs. Unbelievable. Now we'll see what happens. It's not going to work out well. It's just not. But this is what's happening. The Biden administration looking for more ways to release migrant parents and children into other states. Moving them to other states. We reported last night migrant children see Biden's stop on deportations as an invitation. They're wearing Biden shirts. Let us in. Border Patrol Council, the crisis has spread from Rio Grande straight through to San Diego. Three months of peak border crossing to go. Greyhound CEO says migrants need to show proof that they're not COVID positive before boarding our buses. We had uh, Governor uh, Abbott saying Biden is not just endangering Texans, he's endangering all Americans. We can't get to see anything. Montana governor slammed by. Everybody, meth is coming. This is where meth, this is where 90% of the heroin in this country comes from. Our southern border and fentanyl on top of it. Losing 300 people a week in this country because of opioid addiction. All right, your taxes are about to go through the roof. Money is freedom. All right, anywhere you can save money, my advice is save it, save it now. Now, I'm offering you the exact same cell coverage as you get from the big carriers, AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile. Because Pure Talk USA uses the exact same cell towers with the exact same number of bars that you see on your phone. And that means that you get the same exact great coverage you're used to. And if you make this phone call, dial pound 250, say the keyword save now. You start saving 50% off your first month. Average family saving over 800 bucks a year. Same great coverage, same cell towers. You keep the same phone, same phone number, and you pay half. Okay, what are you waiting for? Dial pound 250 on your cell. Keyword save now. Right now they have a special offer. Unlimited talk, text, six gigas of data, 30 bucks a month. All right? Pound 250, keyword save now from Pure Talk USA.
2: are on the Sean Hannity Show, a place where free speech and the First Amendment are still
0: alive and well. Liberalism is a failed ideology. Get your
2: dose of independence and liberty every weekday right here with Sean. Sean Hannity.
0: Looking at this today, the Supreme Court has now dismissed a number of cases testing the Trump administration's plan to withhold law enforcement grants from cities that refuse to cooperate with Department of Homeland Security efforts to deport non-citizens arrested by local police. In other words, sanctuary cities. So now the Supreme Court has dropped those cases at the request of Biden's Department of Justice. The court had yet to decide whether it would hear the cases, but they acted shortly after the Biden administration. State and city governments, New York and California, all asked the justices to dim- dismiss the pending appeals. Yet lower courts in New York, San Francisco, shockingly, reaching varying conclusions about the Department of Justice's authority to withhold funds to Congress that authorize that it authorized to assist local police departments. I mean, that just takes the whole issue of—I mean, think about this. I thought aiding and abetting in a criminal activity was a crime. If you're in this country illegally and you end up in the justice system and you have local states—California, a sanctuary state or cities, sanctuary cities— that refuse even even when people have served time in jail illegal immigrants and they are released they don't turn them over as the law requires to ice to be deported they don't allow that well then what happens in the case of like oh Kate Steinle for example or any of these other high profile cases and 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 that is only the tip of the iceberg We've interviewed enough families that have lost loved ones because of sanctuary city and state status of individuals that we had arrested, that were even incarcerated, that are then protected by the state, by the city, and not handed over to the proper authorities as the law would otherwise require them to do. Now, if you did it as a conservative, if you've spit on the sidewalk or your jaywalk, expect to go to jail for 10 years. It's unbelievable.
2: Build the foundation for conservative victory. Victory. Now back to the Sean Hannity show.
0: All right. Thanks, Scott Shannon. 25 till the top of the hour. 800 nine four one Sean. You want to be a part of the program? I mean, the walls are beginning to cave in on New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. On on and here's the fascinating aspect of this. And I think I have figured out in my conservative brain why this is happening the way it's happening. Not that hard to figure out, actually. When, when Ron Kim, state representative, talked about the threats, the bullying of Cuomo, and then I, I think it was the New York Times, he had a reporter say, yeah, that happened to me too. Because I'm, I'm watching this convergence of events unfold, and you've got the New York Times, as liberal left-wing as they are, going after Cuomo as hard now as they've decided to go after him. And then you have even the New York Senate majority leader, Democrat Andrea Stewart-Cousins, saying, well, Cuomo shouldn't resign unless a fourth accuser comes forward. Which, by the way, that in and of itself, that statement is like, huh? Oh, so there's there's a magic number. If you get the four accusations, that's the tipping point. That's the straw that breaks the camel's back. But the other three, you can get away with three, but not four. Accusations. Now, again, I'm, I'm somebody that believes due process, presumption of innocence. You know, it's fascinating that the I believe her caucus. I don't hear anybody saying I believe these women the way they did in the Kavanaugh case. These are serious. We must investigate. That's all I hear. We've got to have due process. They all sound like me, except I do it, whether it's a Republican or Democrat. And I'm intellectually honest and consistent, something the mob and the media is not and something the Democrats are not. And it's now happening in two different ways. I saw this late last night. We actually ended up getting it into Hannity, the TV show, because it broke just beforehand. We're almost within, like, minutes of each other, at least me finding it. The Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, both of them, and the AP, too, come up with stories about how Cuomo's health department confirmed reports that members of the COVID-19 task force in New York literally, purposely altered a state health department report in June to specifically omit the full number of nursing home patients killed by coronavirus. Now, that's in June. Now, what's fascinating about that is now we're getting a timeline coming together here, and then it negates the argument that was the original whistleblower making, well, we didn't want the Department of Justice to which is now investigating it, uh, to get a hold of these accurate numbers. Well, that wouldn't even be within that time frame because June of last year, I promise you, nobody was investigating the nursing home scandal in New York or even thinking about it. We were basically trying to, to, we were all gulping water, dealing with something that nobody, the only person that got it right ended up being Donald Trump in in terms of being able to do stuff like build hospitals, provide PPE, ventilators, everything that these states were not prepared for, that their own health departments had said they're going to need. It's not a matter of if, a matter of when. You'll need 15,793 new ve- ventilators, and they bought none, Cuomo's own health task force. Anyway, so you've got the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, citing documents and people with a specific knowledge of what happened in Albany, New York, and the Cuomo administration's internal discussions and both those papers and the AP reporting that AIDS, including the secretary to the governor, Melissa DeRosa, pushed state health officials to literally edit, well, the one report said June, but I report, so it counted only residents who died inside of long-term care facilities, not those who became ill in there but later died at a hospital. In other words, they're doctoring the numbers in a latest blow for Cuomo, you know now he's and I'll get to the, the sexual harassment issue in a second. it's now two massive scandals that are now, I mean it's it, they're both percolating and, and boiling over for him when they had the sexual harassment allegations and the interview that took place on CBS last night. you got a top, you got top Democrats in the state have said they want those investigations to conclude before they make a judgment about Cuomo's conduct. But in the wake of these now, I mean, again, it's coming from the media mob and Democrats. This is not a partisan Republican led effort to take down Andrew Cuomo. This is it sounds to me like something's been going on. My read of this for a long time in terms of how the media mob feels they have been treated. By Cuomo as governor now in his third term and and certainly Democrats in Albany elected officials and how they have been treated you know Cuomo hid the numbers impeach tweeted a Queens assembly member Ron Kim a Democrat he's the guy that said Cuomo bullied him over the nursing home response now this report was released to rebut criticism of Cuomo Now, in the most bizarre twist in this, this is at the time he's writing his book on his great COVID leadership. This early report showed 9,000 nursing home deaths. It should have been a call to action to say, okay, we've discovered we can't put COVID patients, my late March executive order is becoming an unmitigated disaster. I need to rescind it. But he didn't. He went out and defended it, knowing darn well that they had been altering the numbers the whole time instructing staff to alter the numbers so this 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 now become this now enters the re- legal realm here that we'd not seen before um last night on CBS their anchor Nora O'Donnell sat down with a woman one of the three accusers named Charlotte Bennett that's her name she was an assistant to Governor Cuomo, this is her saying that he was he propositioned her for sex, her saying the national attention attention the governor was receiving at that time. The praise, you know, they literally came up with the phrase Cuomo sexual, whatever that means. I don't even know. I don't even want to begin to examine what the hell it means. And I've cited where it came from. But anyway, the attention made Cuomo, she says, feel like he was he was untouchable. Then she goes into detail, stating exactly what Cuomo was asking, started asking inappropriate questions. You know, I'm lonely looking for a girlfriend. Then she very explicitly states what she believed Cuomo was trying to do sleep with her. Here's what she said
3: Governor Cuomo said that he has never propositioned anybody. Do you believe that he was propositioning you? Yes. For what?
4: Sex. The pandemic was obviously stressful for all of us. And he was on TV nearly every day talking about it.
1: Make that gown look good.
3: So you think all this national attention may have emboldened him? Absolutely. I think he felt like he was untouchable in a lot of ways. Bennett says their professional relationship took a turn on May 15th, when she alleges the governor started asking her about her love life, and then became fixated repeating over and over again her history as a sexual assault survivor. So he goes, you were raped. You were raped. You were raped and abused and assaulted. Another key encounter happened on June 5th, when Bennett says she was called into Cuomo's office to take dictation. And he told her to turn off
4: the tape recorder. And then he explains at that point that he is looking for a girlfriend. He's lonely, he's
3: tired. You've just finished dictation, and the governor is telling you he's lonely and looking for a
4: relationship? Yes. He asked if I had trouble enjoying being with someone because of my trauma. This is, seems highly inappropriate. Yeah. The governor asked me if I was sensitive to intimacy. In his office? Yes, during the work day.
3: You have been quoted as saying that he also asked you about if you'd ever been with an older man.
4: Yeah, he asked me if age difference mattered. He also explained that he was fine with anyone over 22. And how old are you? 25. What were you thinking as he's asking you? these questions. I thought he's trying to sleep with me. The governor's trying to sleep with me. And I'm deeply uncomfortable and I have to get out of this room as soon as possible. And to be clear, what made you think that he was trying to sleep with you? Without explicitly saying it, he implied to me that I was old enough for him and he was lonely.
0: And then she was asked specifically, Charlotte Bennett is the person being interviewed on CBS, um, what she thought of Cuomo's statement. Here's what she said.
3: Governor Cuomo said in a statement that what he said may have, quote, been misinterpreted. Did you misinterpret him?
4: No, I understood him loud and clear. It just didn't go the way he planned.
1: I never knew. At the time, I was making anyone feel uncomfortable.
4: Did you watch Governor Cuomo's apology? I did. It's not an apology. It's not an issue of my feelings. It's an issue of his actions. The fact is that he was sexually harassing me, and he has not apologized for sexually harassing me. And he can't even use my name.
0: Now, what makes this even more damning, which came out in the interview last night, is that pretty much in real time. In other words, as it happened right after it happened, she texted and those messages were saved and then later corroborated by CBS text messages. Exactly what she said there was exactly what she was texting a friend. Now, the question is, where are the I believers? Where are they? Because their silence, as usual, is deafening. And even New Yorkers now, majority of them now believe, in fact, he did, an overwhelming majority, sexually harass these staffers. And uh, this was taken after the Emerson College PIX, WPIX News Nation survey found... A third woman accused him of grabbing her face and kissing her against the will at the wedding reception of Cuomo A. That's the one that's been on everywhere, that video. Um, Only one in five voters said, nah, he didn't harass anyone. And it really wasn't an apology. Even the apology didn't do well either. Split verdict, 41% said he was sincere. 41% said it wasn't heartfelt at all. Others had no opinion, And, and that comes on the heels of a Quinnipiac poll out yesterday that found nearly four out of five New York voters believe that these allegations leveled against Cuomo by three women. And, and that's, again, before this interview aired last night. So now the question is, okay, what's going to happen from here? I don't know. I think his biggest legal, now there's, there's civil and then there's criminal, right? But if 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 his Department of Health and his staff purposefully for 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 the reason of evasion in terms of what the first stated reason was of a of a department of justice investigation altered those numbers that is an explosive report that they and they rewrote the report to change the nursing home death total that is called a cover-up and potentially obstruction and and I'm, i'm just giving you facts here it's not Republicans, it's not conservatives, it's not talk radio, it's not Fox News leading the charge against Andrew Cuomo. These are Democrats. You have the New York Senate majority leader saying if one more accuser comes forward, it's over, he needs to go. But I don't even think that's the biggest legal issue facing Cuomo. It's the allegation now that Cuomo advisors altered the report on, on nursing home deaths. That is a big deal. And the number, again, this started in June, not long after the March executive order that he put out. And by the time, by that point in June, 9,000 nursing home deaths were being reported and sent to his office. It was not the public that saw it. And then the governor's most senior aides wanted to keep it that way. They didn't want us to know. And then they rewrote the report, taking out the real numbers. According to interviews, documents reviewed by of all people, the New York Times. Now, that intervention, which came as Cuomo was starting to write the book on the his great achievements in the pandemic. You know, I, and I, I've got to be honest here. At that point, we were still learning a lot. Listen, I was very hesitant to jump on the critis, criticized Fauci bandwagon because the guy spent decades of his life helping people. But. He got so much wrong. He really did. And now that he's gotten political, that's just a bridge too far for me. He shouldn't be political on this. Don't wear masks. Wear masks. Now wear double masks. You know, well, you know, life can get back to normal. If we have the vaccine, well, maybe not so fast. I mean, every projection by every medical. I Had he been honest and just rescinded the executive order and say, we're going to handle this differently, early data shows us. That this is not a good idea and we still have 80% of the hospital beds that were are empty at the Javits Center and then the ho- Navy hospital ship, I'll use them. Which were covert prepared, manned by President Trump, all the PPE provided by the federal government. It was a no-brainer at that point. I mean, it just would have been the simple right decision to make. Maybe you take a short-term political hit, but, you you know, I think people understood that nobody got this right. No, The experts were wrong a lot. This is purposeful. Listen, I want to give you a reminder. Every second of every hour of every day, these cyber criminals are everywhere. And if you, they get your personal information, they'll be taking out loans and credit cards in your name, getting your, your tax refund and getting to your bank and retirement account. You've got to protect yourself. Now, maybe you use a free downloaded virtual private network. I, I use Norton, but it, I, it's very inexpensive, but, I, but it's worth paying for because the free VPNs are now known to harvest data, which may expose personal information. So you gotta be very, very careful. And that could make you vulnerable to uh, identity theft. LifeLock.com sees the threats you'll miss by yourself. They'll even scour the dark web to see if your information is for sale. If they detect your information is out there, you get an alert. And if in fact it's compromised, you get a dedicated restoration specialist that'll fix it for you. It's a very low annual rate, and today you save an additional 25% just by going to LifeLock.com or calling 1-800-LIFELOCK and using the promo code Hannity. Protect your name, your finances, your reputation, your credit score. LifeLock.com, 1-800-LIFELOCK, promo code Hannity. Right, a lot coming up. Uh, New Gingrich joins us next. So much happening in Washington. Uh, Senator Steve Daines, your call straight ahead. Busy Friday continues.
5: If these charges are proven, there's just no way he can govern. So that's a yes. You think that he'll, he should resign if any of these are, are, are proven correct. Of course.
1: I wasn't elected by politicians. I was elected by the people of the state of New York. Uh, I'm not going to resign. I said from the beginning, like Roosevelt, I, who said, I'll shoot you straight from the shoulder. You can handle anything as long as you're told the truth. Freedom is back in style. Welcome. To the revolution. Yeah, we're coming
0: to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. Sean Hannity. The new Sean
2: Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news. And more bold, inspired solutions for America.
0: All right, Hour 2, Sean Hannity Show. Toll-free, our number is 800-941-SEAN. you want to be a part of the program. Now I've been talking about the simplicity of conservatism. It's not complicated. You believe in liberty, you believe in freedom, you believe in limited government, lower taxes. You want less government bureaucracy to so so manufacturers and companies can grow and expand and prosper, right? We want constitutionalists on the on the bench. Every town and city you want law and order and safety and security. Our kids, every child, we need to clean up our messed up school system, even in in big blue states that capitulate to these powerful teachers unions, that unholy alliance, secure borders, energy independence. This is not complicated stuff. Uh, We certainly want the First and Second Amendment. You want free and fair trade, and you want peace through strength, the biggest badass military on the face of this earth, so nobody ever messes with us. It's pretty simple. It's not that complicated. We've talked about three waves of conservatism. One is Reagan. I, I used to always say I'm a Reagan conservative. Newt Gingrich, contract with America. They took back power in the House for the first time in 40 years. Third wave, Donald Trump, America first, make America great again. That is the winning agenda. Let the Democratic Party be the party of coastal elites from Washington, New York, and New Jersey, and Los Angeles and San Francisco, and Seattle, and Portland, and the rest of the country, should the Republican Party can be for working men and women, energy jobs, high-paying career jobs in the energy sector, and look at what Donald Trump did for minorities with record after record after record low unemployment for every demographic group in the country. That's it in a nutshell. That's the future. If Republicans want to win elections, And of course election reform. Anyway, Newt Gingrich, she's a big part of the the intellectual growth of conservatism. One, sir, welcome back to the program. Two, uh, I want to know if Professor Gingrich agrees with my ana- quick analysis, and, and how do we get there starting in 2022?
6: Well, I do agree. I, look, let me say, first of all, uh, I want to report to the audience that I have currently been suspended by Twitter because I said. <laughs> suggest- because I feel like I'm joining a distinct elite group here. Uh, you know, but I had, um, I'd sent out a tweet suggesting that illegal uh, immigrants coming across the border might be a bigger threat uh, of COVID than anything that uh, Governor Abbott was doing. And that was clearly inappropriate, according to the people out there in Silicon Valley. So we're, we're in a fight with them right now. But <clears throat> I, I basically agree with, with what you're saying. I don't, But I'm fascinated with what we're watching unfold. I'm convinced that Biden and Pelosi and Schumer, having lived through 94 and 2010, when the Republicans won huge victories just two short years after electing a Democratic president, that what they now have decided is that they can't keep the House. And so they are on a sprint to do as many radical things as they can uh, before they lose the house, and so they're walking a lot of their marginal members through just terrible votes uh, in order to try to get things done, and they're they're basically asking 40 or 50 of their members to commit suicide uh, by by being for these things, and I think that uh, you know my my model is very simple. If you think that we should censor Dr. Seuss. And keep a fence around the U.S. Capitol. You should be a Democrat. If you think that we should protect Dr. Seuss and tear down the fence around the Capitol, then you should be a Republican. And I think that that broad a difference is going to, in fact, lead to a disastrous election for the Democrats, uh, basically, in, in 2022. I'm I'm very optimistic about 2022.
0: You know, and and I will tell you though they do need to prepare for it. I know your your former stomping grounds in Georgia. They're making great strides in in fixing what was a horrible consent agreement, ensuring that you have signature verification, ensuring that you have voter ID, whether it's voting by mail or any other way. There's got to be some checks and balances. You can't. As last time I checked, Mr. Speaker, when I'm in the Capitol, uh, I needed a photo ID to get in. Last time I went to a Democratic National Convention, I needed a photo ID to get in. But if you look at H.R. 1, they want to eliminate, you know, all identification requirements. They want to register everybody automatically, not clean up the rolls, allow felons to vote. Um, We would never have an election, in my opinion, going forward under H.R. 1 that anybody could ever have any faith, trust or confidence in.
6: I just did a podcast at Gingrich 360 uh, about um, H.R. 1, and it, it's astonishing that it's almost exactly the opposite of what most Americans favor. And I think that's a key thing to remember here, that that you have this bizarre period where every time you turn around, they're doing things the American people oppose. Uh, and I, I you, you can't quite imagine if it's just that when they get in these rooms, the left is so noisy and so loud and so aggressive that they gradually let themselves be talked into suicide. But that's what we're, we're watching, I think, uh, the suicide of, of the uh, Democratic Party, and its, it's reversion into a very long-term minority. And, and I, I agree with your analysis. But it goes all the way back to the very first day when they adopted the House rules, and they went out of their way to take out mother and father. Brother, sister, uh, son, daughter—any gender-related words. But well, there are very few districts in America that think you want to abolish mom and dad. Uh, then you go from there. H the the one point nine trillion dollar politician payout bill, which is not a COVID relief bill. Only nine percent of the bill relates to COVID. Ninety-one percent. We've gone through it in detail. It is horrible. From... That's horrible. Yeah, and. Again, they're going to have a series of votes in that bill. It is more radical than the eight years of Clinton and the eight years of Obama combined, that one bill. And when people begin to take this apart and explain it, I just think that they're literally in the process of destroying their party.
0: uh, I don't disagree at all. You had a great analysis. I saw your column on the winners at CPAC, and I agreed with you wholeheartedly. Um and, by the way, taking it out of the Washington swamp was smart, but you talked about Trump, you talked about DeSantis, you talked about Nome, um, and we have other stars in the party, too. I mean, I thought Mike Pompeo gave a particularly strong speech. Uh, I loved him talking about his Kansas roots. I loved that he was talking about his biggest enemies, the people that hate him the most. Uh, let's see, China, Iran, and the New York Times. I said, okay, that's that says a lot about your character. That makes me like you more. Um, and and he's smart as hell.
6: Yep. and and it shows if you look where he and Pence are uh, in a lot of polls right now. You know they're 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 not very far behind. Uh, DeSantis, who's clearly the front runner, and had just a terrific uh, CPAC. Uh, and I thought that I thought really the big surprise was Chrissy Noam. I've known her since she was in the House. She is a terrific person. But I think she really began to come into
7: her own uh, in
0: uh, in Orlando. Yeah, I listen. I've known what you've known. We put her on TV quite a bit. She does a great job. Uh, You know, it's very interesting too, stylistically. She's not a flamethrower. She does a very, very down home South Dakota. You know, a different pacing than New York and and D.C. and Los Angeles and San Francisco. I kind of, at this point in my life, am liking that pacing a hell of a lot more.
6: Well, and I think the country, does. I think she's, she's reliably conservative. She's very authentic. Uh, you know, you really are getting exactly what you see. She's had great courage. Uh, and uh, I think that the country may be ready. I know it's a great shock if you're a Yale or Harvard graduate or if you're from Stanford or Berkeley. And you, know, you think, oh, my God, somebody from the middle of the country uh, but I think that she's she's going to do very well, and of course, DeSantis has just been a rock star. Of and I've been down looking around in, in Naples, and you know it's it's amazing. You leave Washington, where everybody is unhappy and miserable, and the weather's bad, and you know they're they're at, at each other's throats. You get down to Florida, where DeSantis's policies, building on what Rick Scott had done earlier, and the weather is nice. People are happy. Uh, you don't have any of this kind of sense you have in the Washington area. Uh, you look at the schools that refuse to to open, and the teachers' unions up here. And then you look at a state that has a huge uh, uh, school choice program, and where they're you know they think uh, children should actually be in school, not just sitting at home because the teachers' union is blackmailing them.
0: It really is unbelievable, the difference between like states like New York. What do you think about what's going on with Cuomo? Um, I thought you had this very <laughs> credible interview last night with one of his accusers, but I think the, when the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times write devastating pieces and release them almost simultaneously on how there was a willful and purposeful cover-up of numbers that they had as early as June about nursing home deaths, I think it kind of tells you the the real trouble that they may now be in. He particularly may now be in legally as well as politically.
6: Think about this. This guy is lying to the Justice Department, having senior citizens get killed unnecessarily, and writing a book about what a great job he's doing.
0: And and Um, while simultaneously involved in what what it, the new york times and and wall street journal are both describing as a massive cover-up on oh, and,
6: if people don't go to jail for this uh, there is no justice left I mean, there is no no is. we don't have so one
0: quick. you know why because hillary clinton always is gets out of trouble you know what nobody has been held accountable except Kleinsmith on this whole issue oh, involving right. the deep state and lying to fisa courts and spying on a presidential candidate and a president Nobody has that yet to be held accountable. You know, uh, Director Ray said that we we're going to have intra-agency discipline for everyone mentioned in the Horowitz report from, what, two years ago. A little late, Director. I mean, the lack of—I I mean, it's really frustrating. If you're a Republican and spit on the sidewalk or jaywalk or you— Dare to lie to Congress—a process crime. Expect 30 guys in tactical gear, frogmen, and CNN cameras for a pre-dawn raid. Otherwise, if you're a Democrat, you can do anything and you'll get away with everything.
6: Well, look—I I just want to make a comment. I never thought I would say. You have to remember that compared to Cuomo, Hillary is the epitome of charm and pleasantness. <laughs>
0: All right, quick break. More with Newt Kingrich on the other side. Uh, Steve Dane, senator, will join us coming up at the bottom of the hour. Listen, we need all of us, want all of us, crave, desire, deserve sleep. We need more sleep than ever before. These are troubled times. Okay, well, what works for me is all things com. Poor Michael Lindell. He can't even send out a tweet any longer promoting his company. Which transcends politics. Whether you're liberal or conservative, you need a good night's sleep, right? Anyway, I love their products. Starting with their My Pillow premium My Pillow, and once you try that, and then you get the My Pillow mattress topper, which is like the pillow for your whole body, and you add the of Dream Sheets. It's like the trifecta of perfection. I fall asleep faster, I stay asleep longer, and so can you. And by the way, you have great deals always available right now. For example, you'll get. 30% off the all-new MyPillow Mattress Topper, two standard premium MyPillows, one great bundle. How do you get it? Well, you go to MyPillow.com, click on the Sean Hannity Square, or you call 800-919-6090. And they have other great discounted project uh, products when you go to the Sean Hannity Square. Mention my name. Now, the Mattress Topper and all My Pillow products have a 10-year warranty and a 60-day unconditional satisfaction money-back guarantee. The sleep you want, need, desire, crave, and deserve. MyPillow.com. Sean Hannity Square. Are you ready to get out of the media
6: spin room? Well, you've come to the right place. This is the Sean Hannity Show.
0: And as we continue, former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich is with us, I gotta ask you a question because you always you're always like my my adopted uh unfairly to you big brother and i am I am very concerned we've now been watching Joe Biden a little over a month and there's no scheduled state of the union there's no press conferences anytime he speaks it becomes an unmitigated disaster I mean when he loses his place oh um I carry a a card with me um um, and let me pull it out. Now, he had been at a, at a vigil the day before uh, about the 500,000 Americans that have died from COVID. Not a hard number to remember. And he had to get into his... And I'm like, what else is on the card? My name is Joe. My wife's name is Jill. I live at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. He, listen... He's weak and he's frail and he's struggling cognitively and last night on TV I showed tape of him in 2012 2016 and today and the difference is startling
6: well look I, I think that uh, the moment for me when he offered to take questions and they cut him off
0: yeah that was this week
6: no. well and, and it's, but it tells you something there are people around him who believe their job is to control him and not let him not let him make a mistake. Because I think he was sincere and kind of thinking, hey, I'll take some questions. We're among friends. Uh, and boom, uh, it's just he was gone. I thought it was I thought it was very telling about how the power structure works over there. And I don't know whether that means uh, the Ron Klein is in charge or whether that means that, that uh, Kamala down, Harris. Who, I mean, that, but, who, but
0: this is Harris. a pro- this is a problem now. Well, and I'll tell you well, what a well, bigger well, problem well, that nobody re- will, I want to know. You know, there's this new book out. We got these authors on TV tonight and they're saying, yeah, they they use the hide the crazy uncle in the basement strategy to win. And I'm like, OK, if you did, people know that he had and was struggling with significant issues and hiding it from us. Is that a fair question or have I crossed the line?
6: No, I think it's a very fair question because uh, and of course, I think he was quite happy to be put in that position because he'd always wanted to be president. Uh,
0: and he was tired. But-
6: you know but when i watched him with his wife there are moments when it really is a little bit like what happened with Woodrow Wilson after he had a massive stroke and and his wife ended up basically running the government
0: for a year uh, a full year
6: yeah. and, uh, you, and you just you have to wonder what what is the internal power structure over there and who's making the real decisions and is it actually going to continue to get worse because my sense is that with every passing couple of weeks, uh, there's just a little bit worse.
0: I hope I'm wrong, to be very honest, but I don't think I am. All right, Mr. Speaker, great to have you.
6: It's pretty scary.
0: Gingrich 360 is podcast. Newt uh, Gingrich, sir, thank you for being with us. When we come back, by the way, Senator Steve Daines is going to be here. We'll get to your calls coming up. We'll go through these bills that are now making their way to the Senate.
2: He talks to the people involved in the top stories of the day, every day. Sean Hannity is on.
0: All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. This is one of the most pathetic and, and one of the largest, most irresponsible, well, by far, this is the most irresponsible so-called emergency relief package for COVID ever in the history of Washington. And that is saying a lot. We've gone over in great specificity, great detail, how all the waste, fraud and abuse. This is the Pelosi-Schumer payback. This is about bridges. This is about tunnels. The mo- only 9% of the monies allocated here are for emergency covid relief and it is nothing short of a national disgrace a big blue state financial bailout by people from that elect res, fiscally responsible governors legislatures in their home states people that don't tax you into oblivion people that live within their means balance their budgets pay down their pensions and do everything right. Now, all of this, this is going to be a massive transfer of wealth from responsible red state governors and, and red state residents, red state legislatures that do the right thing. And it's going to reward people like Andrew Cuomo, the New York state legislature, the assemblymen and senators in New York. Same thing out there in Sacramento and California and Gavin Newsom and company. And it's, we're not talking about billions. We are talking about trillions of dollars. You know, we went over, Biden said at one point, well, well, somebody needs to tell me what is cut. Well, I went through every single item that needs to be cut and it's all but 9% of it. Much of the money allocated for spending after 2022, after 2024, Center for Responsible Federal Budget found more than 15%, about $300 billion is going for longstanding policy priorities that have nothing to do with emergency COVID relief. 1% of the spending goes towards accelerating vaccine distribution. Okay, I can live with that. Only 5% on public health needs. I can live with that. But the goal is nothing emergency COVID related in any way. And the question is, is, you know, I know they've been working on it in the Senate. I know that Republicans are trying to fix this monstrosity, but it looks like they're doing everything they can possibly do. You know, first they tried to stick the minimum wage in there until the Senate parliamentarian said, no, $15 minimum wage, which the CBO said would end 1.4 million jobs in the country. We'd lose them. You know, okay on unemployment benefits, why are we paying COBRA health benefits for illegal immigrants in this bill? Why is that? Why are they allowing subsidy premiums for COBRA to go to the illegal immigrants? Why are stimulus checks going to the families of illegal immigrants? You know, why are they giving this, all these givebacks to teachers unions at, that are fighting the reopening of our schools? Why are they, you know, in some cases, a lot of these colleges stayed open. Are they going to tell us exactly what colleges it's going to? We have to spend $1.5 billion on Amtrak again, the National Arts uh, National Endowment for the Arts, National Endowment for the Humanities, three hundred and fifty billion dollar bailout, state local governments that have always misappropriated funds and taxed their residents to death, eight hundred million in in foreign foreign food aid, also allocating monies for foreign health. We're not even we're not even providing Americans with good health care. Fifty million for the Environmental Protection Agency. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. What does this have to do with the environment right now? But this is what they're doing. Ron Johnson, senator from the great state of Wisconsin, had them read the Senate clerk read. This is the finishing of the reading of the 600 page COVID bill. Listen.
1: Inacquability of public services cap. Indian tribes may use up to 100 percent of any grant from amounts made available under this paragraph for public services. The activities secondary Education Act of 1965 of 1965, 20 U.S.C. 7544A1 for activities authorized under Section 6304A23 of the Elementary and Secondary Education Act of 1965, 20 U.S.C. 7544A23 and other related activities.
0: I applaud Senator Johnson for making sure they read the bill, something they never do. Well, anyway, Senator uh, Steve Daines is from the great state of Montana. What the hell am I doing in New York? When I could live out in paradise in Montana and buy myself a little baby ranch out there, and no one would ever see me again, and I'd be happy. How are you?
5: I'm doing well, Sean, and i got to ask the question, why have you done that?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and by the way, you're just as guilty as me because you're in the swamp right now as we speak, and I, uh, um, I I give you credit for serving, but I'm sure you'd rather be home in Montana.
5: Sean, I would rather be home in Montana, but I tell you what, we have two grandchildren, uh, little Emma and Lil Jackson, this is really about the future of this country. Sean, I can't believe truly how terrible this $1.9 trillion liberal wish list is. It is disguised as a COVID-19 relief package, but, you know, 628 pages, it's about $3 billion a page, Sean. And the more you dig into it, the more outrageous it becomes.
0: $3 billion a page. Only 9% for emergency COVID relief, and that's what they they Lie to the American people. And and now, you know, in, in Montana, you elect pretty fiscally responsible governors, state legislatures, you're fiscally responsible, and, and look what's happening. They're going to take money from the hardworking people of Montana. Now, by the way, this benefits me, and I don't want it. I don't think it's fair. And you're going to bail out high-taxing, highly-regulated, States like New York with bloated budgets and budget deficits and debt and unfunded pensions, it's not fair to the people of Montana. You know, President Trump's tax bill didn't help Sean Hannity. But I don't deserve (laughs) to deduct my state income tax in the first place, in my opinion. That wasn't fair to states that don't even have an income tax.
5: I'll tell you what what we did before. That we are incentivizing states to be fiscally responsible, as we should, either through lower taxes or lower spending. But as we dig into the spending side of this 1.9 trillion dollar bill, Sean, it, there's 270 million dollars in there that goes to the National Endowment for the Arts and Humanities. What in the world does that have to do with COVID? There's 130 billion dollars of schools. You know, five percent spent this year, but 95 percent. 95 percent is spent in calendar years 22 through 28. And then for those of the listeners who are pro-life as I am, it provides $400 billion, that's with a B, of taxpayer money that can be used for abortion. We have these hide protections in the law within the federal government that say you can't spend taxpayer dollars for an abortion. That's been the law of the land, Sean, for 44 years years. The Democrats have just thumbed their nose at that. And in this bill, they've taken those protections away. And then the other little hidden gem in all this is they're expanding Obamacare, giving billions of dollars to health insurance companies, basically bigger subsidies. What they're doing here is they're advancing their progressive, liberal, far-left agenda towards the government takeover of health care. It's right here in broad daylight as we dig into this bill. So let me
0: ask you: These are the two big important questions, uh, because as I understand it, they get to use the reconciliation process, which means that they—you only need fifty votes. Kamala Harris would be the tie vote. Are there going to be any Republicans that vote for this monstrosity? A. Is there anything you can do to stop it? B. And uh, what about HR one? Will that die in the U.S. Senate? And please tell me yes.
5: Yeah, Sean. Great questions. So as it relates to the battle we're in right now, and this is the fight, and I applaud what Senator Ron Johnson did last night. He said, let's read the bill. Make him read every single page of that 628-page monstrosity. But here's the bottom line. They're using a procedure called reconciliation, which means it's 51 votes. The key pre-vote here was what happened yesterday on a motion. Basically, the goddess onto the bill, it was 50-50. Every Republican opposed it. Every Democrat support it. And so Kamala Harris came up here uh, from, from uh, the White House and she cast the signing vote so it passed 5150. Sadly, Sean, though we're fighting this good fight, I think it probably ends up passing 5150, but every single Republican is going to vote against it.
0: And one of an HR one, they would need uh, sixty votes. They they would, a,
5: a, yeah, HR one. That has got to be stopped.
0: All right, quick break. More with Senator Danes of Montana on the other side. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, our number. A great Hannity, nine Eastern tonight on Fox News Roundup and Information Overload Hour. We got a lot to get to in the final hour uh, as that continues here. All right, listen. I want to remind you there are other people to think about. Those people that have served us, our brave men and women, our vets those that are homeless, those that have these incredibly debilitating injuries, well, buildinghomesforheroes.org are there to help them. They're helping them in every capacity. Ninety-four percent of their funds go straight to the vets. Uh, they are one of the most well-known and and fiscally responsible charities I've ever had the honor to be a part of. They're going to build their 300th home this year alone, an amazing accomplishment. And that's gifting far more homes to vets and Gold Star families than any other organization. Now, the great news is is that what they do is they, they literally customize new homes or remodel old homes to literally transform the lives of these vets with severe injuries. And they customize it based on the specific injuries that they received fighting for us. And it's an incredible charity that has life-changing it, it's a life-changing event for, for these vets and their families, and it improves the quality of their life in ways you can't even begin to imagine. Now, whatever you can give, small or large, you know, it's all helpful. And if you're a corporation and you donate a big amount of money, we'll, we'll be glad to thank you on the air because it's such a good organization. Uh, Andy Pujols worked so hard himself and has for many, many years. Just go to buildinghomesforheroes.org today. Support our wounded heroes. Let's give them hope. Let's transform their lives. They protected our freedoms. It's buildinghomesforheroes.org.
2: The final hour of the Sean Hannity Show is up next. Hang on for Sean's conservative solutions.
0: Continue with Montana Senator Steve Daines. Are you confident that Republicans, assuming again Manchin and cinema mean what they say, and assuming guys like uh, Mitt Romney and Ben Sass or Lisa Murkowski uh, don't vote to end the legislative filibuster? I doubt even though those three would do that. So they shouldn't be able to pass HR 1, correct?
5: No, I, I agree with you. I don't think HR 1 passes. Thank God we've God got right. we've got the republicans here they still have the sixty-vote rule here, which we we, we will. I'm, I am confident, actually, Sean, we will stop HR. So we have to, Sean. I mean, this is a complete re-engineering of our country, the very social fabric of our nation, the way elections are conducted. It's a federal takeover of elections. This is Nancy Pelosi's dream list between this one point nine trillion dollar COVID package and then this HR one and the Equality Act and so forth. It has to be stopped, and uh, this is what's chilling. And that's why, Sean, at the end of the day. That's why I get in a plane and leave Montana here and come to D.C. because this is for the future of the republic. Yeah, you
0: leave paradise and you go straight to hell. I mean, that's pretty much the swamp and the sewer. All right. So let me ask this question. So if I what is considered like a baby, a small ranch in Montana, what what, what would how many acres would that be? What would that look like?
5: <laughs> well, you know, Sean, it's all relative in terms <laughs> of sizes. You know, uh, a smaller ranch, probably a few thousand acres is probably the oh way it looks at it in Montana. Yeah, that, that'd be on the smaller side. And, and got I can some, have,
0: like, my <laughs> own little trout stream in the back. And, oh, yeah. yeah, Sean, And, you, and with a home yeah. with a buffalo roam and and, and, uh, deer and the deer and, and the antlers.
5: Play. And, oh, absolutely. No, I, I'm an avid hunter and outdoorsman. I uh, love spending time outside. I mean, I've been fly fishing since the early 70s grandpa taught me as a little kid in Montana. By the way,
0: I I really resent fly fishing because it's too much work. I've tried it only once. I tried it with Dick Cheney in Wyoming when we were helping. uh, There's Rivers for Recovery. It's a group for vets with PTSD, and I went out with them one day. And I like oh, this is too hard. I just like to drop my my line in and wait for the fish to bite the thing.
5: <laughs> hey hey Sean, don't give up on it. I, I'd be happy to take <laughs> you out in a in a McKinsey boat. We'll float one of our great rivers like the Yellowstone River. It's a lot easier to do it from a boat. But we'll have to try it again sometime out there in Montana.
0: All right. Well listen, Senator, it's great to have you back. It's been a while and you, listen, please keep us updated. And if there's yeah. is there anything the people listening to this program can do? Because I know when we inundate the phone lines, they just stop answering the phones right (laughs) after a period of time.
5: No, I tell you what. Keep keep the phones rolling, and I, and keep the phones rolling there for Joe Manchin for listeners from West Virginia, Arizona. Keep the pressure on Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema. They play really important roles here, ensuring we don't blow up the filibuster because that protects us from these horrible bills like HR one and. Well, Manchin H. was State pretty
0: adamant about it. He said, "You know, bleep, bleep." What part of me saying never? Don't you understand? Meaning, he's not giving up on that.
5: All I gotta say is keep the pressure on because the other thing that, that I'm concerned about is is DC statehood and Puerto Rico statehood. Why? Because then you fundamentally change the makeup of the Senate with four more forever Democrat senators. And then we've got another real big problem on our hands. So oh,
0: no, they want to they want a Senate majority in perpetuity, which would that do. I'll tell you what that might trigger. You know, the Texas Constitution allows Texas to be five separate states that could trigger that battle. I could see well, that happening I don't want it to we want to remain the United States of America, which they obviously the five states would still be part of the Union, right. and we'd all be together, but if they're going to play these games, i mean i could see I could see Republicans doing the same well and, this, you know this,
5: this, this, this takes the country to really dark places yeah we don't want to the Court want to go, that's, exactly. that's we don't go there. As well. No, we don't want to go there, and that's why I keep the pressure up on Joe Manchin, Kirsten Sinema to hold tighter because with oh, they're going to love Republican you
0: after Center. this show. They're going to, especially <laughs> when I give out the number 202-224-3121, I always ask people remind them just be nice, don't be mean. That's right, that's right. Um, all right. So, a mini ranch out in Montana. I mean, you got to understand. I've lived all around the country doing this crazy radio thing for 33 years, but um, I got to tell you, a couple of thousand acres considered a small ranch cracks me up. That just cracks me up.
5: <laughs> hey, we're uh, a big, beautiful state. For we're called Big Sky Country for a reason, John. <laughs> no,
0: I mean it's stunning. I've been there. It's been beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right, thank you, Senator. What an idiot I am. And my staff is shaking their heads. Yeah, why don't you get a they're like They're looking to me to rescue them out of New York. And, like, you know, we'll get, we'll get a Hannity, like, Bortz-like bus, and we'll all f- go down to Florida or Mon- go to Montana, and uh, we'll save a lot of money.
5: If these charges are proven, there's just no way he can govern. So that's a yes. You think that he'll, he should resign if any of these are, are, are proven correct? Of course.
1: I wasn't elected by politicians. I was elected by the people of the state of New York. Uh, I'm not going to resign. I said from the beginning, like Roosevelt, I, who said, I'll shoot you straight from the shoulder. You can handle anything as long as you're told the truth. Freedom
2: is back in style. Welcome. the revolution. Yeah,
0: we're coming to your city, gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. Sean
2: Hannity, the new Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour.
0: All right, News Roundup, Information Overload Hour, eight hundred nine four one 941 our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. You know, um, it's very interesting now that Joe Biden, although Kamala Harris, the leader of the I Believer caucus, has yet to say anything about Cuomo. Hmm, fascinating times we live in, don't we? But Joe Biden has said, oh, yeah, no, we need to have an investigation. Um, well, there were two women that accused Joe Biden. Uh, One woman by the name of Lucy Flores, another by the name of Tara Reid, Tara Reid, in a recent interview, actually said that a Biden aide told her we will blanking destroy you. Well, sounds a little bit like Ron Kim's statement about Andrew Cuomo. Um, But the issue is real. And it seems like the I-Believer caucus only become I-Believers if it's a Republican that they're accusing for whatever political purposes they, or agenda they have at the time. And we saw what happened in the Kavanaugh case. That's why I'm consistent. I don't rush the judgment. And we believe in due process. Anyway, one of the accusers, Charlotte Bennett, as we talked about earlier today, went on CBS News and talked about Governor Cuomo. And what she believed he was trying to do and uh everybody that i've talked to felt she was extremely credible here's how it went down
3: governor cuomo said that he has never propositioned anybody do you believe that he was propositioning you yes for what
4: sex the pandemic was obviously stressful for all of us and he was on TV nearly every day talking about it.
1: Make that gown look good.
3: So you think all this national attention may have emboldened him? Absolutely. I think he felt like he was untouchable in a lot of ways. Bennett says their professional relationship took a turn on May 15th, when she alleges the governor started asking her about her love life and then became fixated, repeating over and over again her history as a sexual assault survivor. So he goes, you were raped, you were raped, you were raped and abused and assaulted. Another key encounter happened on June 5th when Bennett says she was called into Cuomo's office to take dictation and he told her to turn off
4: the tape recorder. And then he explains at that point that he is looking for a girlfriend. He's lonely, he's
3: tired. You've just finished dictation. And the governor is telling you he's lonely and looking for a relationship?
4: Yes. He asked if I had trouble enjoying being with someone because of my trauma. This is seems highly inappropriate. Yeah. The governor asked me if I was sensitive to intimacy. In his office? Yes, during the workday.
3: You have been quoted as saying that he also asked you about if you'd ever been with an older man.
4: Yeah. He asked me if age difference mattered. He also explained that he was fine with anyone over 22. And how old are you? 25. What were you
3: thinking as he's asking you these questions?
4: I thought he's trying to sleep with me. The governor is trying to sleep with me and I'm deeply uncomfortable. And I have to get out of this room as soon as possible. And to be clear, what made you think
3: that he was trying to sleep with you?
4: Without explicitly saying it, he implied to me that I was old enough for him and he was lonely. How did you respond to those questions? I responded honestly and When I was even thinking of coming forward, I think that was where I held the most shame. And that, like, I really was uncomfortable. Why did you feel shame? I feel like people put the onus on the woman to shut that conversation down. And by answering, I was somehow engaging in that or enabling it, when in fact, I was just terrified. People will watch this and say, Why didn't you get up and leave? It didn't feel like I had a choice. He's your boss. He's my boss. He's everyone's boss.
3: Governor Cuomo said in a statement that what he said may have, quote, been misinterpreted. Did you misinterpret him?
4: No. I understood him loud and clear. It just didn't go the way he planned.
1: I never knew at the time I was making anyone feel uncomfortable.
4: Did you watch Governor Cuomo's apology? I did. It's not an apology. It's not an issue of my feelings. It's an issue of his actions. The fact is that he was sexually harassing me and he has not apologized for sexually harassing me and he can't even use my name.
0: That's about as explicit as it gets, isn't it? Anyway, um, now we have Hillary Clinton. She says the allegations are serious. Well, then you have to ask, well, why didn't you speak out about Juanita Broderick? Kathleen Willie, Paula Jones. You had surrogates like James Carville. Oh, you never know what you're going to get when you drag $100 through a trailer park. That happened. You know, watch the watch the movie The War Room and George Stephanopoulos. You'll never work again you, if you report this, talking about Jennifer Flowers at the time. Uh, then, of course, you've got Joe Biden's issues. Joe Biden says to investigate. Well, then that brings up the question of Ms. Flores and Tara Reid, whether or not we're going to have a double standard as usual. Anyway, Candace Jackson is back with us, and she served as the Deputy Assistant Secretary for Strategic Operations Outreach in the Office of Civil Rights, U.S. Department of Education, and the Office's Acting Assistant Secretary from April of 2017 to July 2018. And you've been on with us before uh, as the attorney for Kathy Shelton. If you don't remember, she was a victim of sexual assault. Her attacker was defended by Hillary Clinton. Also, the author of The Lives, the Women Targeted by the Clinton Machine. Uh, welcome back, Candace. A topic you know well your thoughts on, well, not only Cuomo, but then Biden and the Clintons too.
8: Thanks, Sean. Yeah, the the way that liberals are responding to the Governor Cuomo situation and at the same time ignoring the very real Biden situation, uh, we're just seeing a a revelation that liberals haven't learned anything since the Clinton years. They're determined to handle sexual harassment based on politics, not justice. Uh, When a Republican's accused, we've got to believe all women, throw due process out the window. When a Democrat's accused, we have to insult the victims by saying, well, maybe we'll just wait, uh, wait to call out anything and, uh, until a, a fourth victim has come forward against Cuomo. Uh, it, it's insulting to victims, and it is playing politics with an issue that, that really conservatives and liberals should, like you do, be very consistent about. I think the, the Me Too movement, if it's shown us anything, should be that we can, we can agree on three things. Every accusation should be taken seriously. Every accusation should go through a fair and unbiased investigation before anyone's punished. And in every situation, the identity, the political party of the accuser and the accused should be irrelevant.
0: I I agree completely in everything that you're saying, all all three things that you just mentioned. But that's not the case. I mean, I find it amazing. You know, there were allegations at one point made against uh, our friend Michael Avenatti, right? And it was by his girlfriend at the time, I guess. And I said, I'm not rushing a judgment on here. And it ended up that they dismissed the case as not being credible. Now, then you had, of course, the Julie swetnick allegations against Justice Kavanaugh. all we watched, you know, I mean, the story fall apart completely. And yet this man and his family are put through public hell. But everybody, was, they were all, they all had a different tone. I, be, I believe, I'm a believer, I believe, every person, believe, believe. I don't hear any Democrats saying, I believe these three women. I don't hear that word anymore. Now they're sounding like Sean Hannity uh, and and following the criteria you just laid out. And that is due process, presumption of innocence, take it seriously. Republicans for once actually took those allegations against Kavanaugh seriously they vetted them out in a long-hearing, painful process, and then over time and under scrutiny, things didn't work out the way the Democrats said they would.
8: Well, that's right. If at the end of the day, someone on our political team, you know, after after a fair investigation, it looks more likely than not that someone on our team did something horrible and bad, we should stand up for that and, and call it out and, and take appropriate action. The Democrats are, are, are determined not to do that whatsoever. They will circle the wagons, and they've been doing it for 25 years, and, and their pattern isn't changing.
0: What happened, remind people, because I know we had you on about this topic a long time ago, uh, with Kathy Shelton.
8: Well, with Kathy Shelton, uh, there was uh, just a, a continuation of the Bill and Hillary Clinton pattern of gathering together a hit team, to shut up and uh, disparage anyone who came forward disclosing mistreatment uh, by the Clintons, and it, it happened—it happened to Paula Jones, to Kathleen Willey, to Juanita Broderick, and and to Kathy Shelton. There was no willingness, uh, not only by the Clintons and their cronies, but even by uh, women's organizations, to stand up and give a voice to speaking out against people like the Clintons in positions of power who do commit personal uh, abuses and 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 never get held accountable for it.
0: Yeah, I mean it's an amazing thing. You know, I I sit and I'm listening to you and I'm I'm watching and I see all the double standard and we saw what happened with Clarence Thomas, the same thing there. It seems whenever it's a, a Supreme Court justice in particular, I mean all, you know, th- there are no rules anymore. I, I wonder too in this country if because it's such a serious issue and if you politicize it but you know, I for for the people that have have been really victimized that we cannot allow to have happen. And if people make false allegations, there should be a penalty for that. Do you agree with me?
8: Absolutely. When when we wrote sexual harassment regulations for schools and colleges in the education department under the Trump administration, uh, we made sure that due process was, was, was central uh, and we made sure that there are allowances for punishing proven false allegations. You have to have that as, as part of the process. And the key is what we mean by taking allegations seriously is you respect the person who is coming forward. You treat them kindly and and supportively, but you hold off on punishing the accused until an investigation actually shows facts that that uh, allow an unbiased person to decide. Yep, you, you did this and now you've got to be punished for it.
0: All right, quick break. We'll come back on the other side. Candace Jackson uh, is with us. We'll get her take on more of this as we continue. Your calls next half hour straight ahead. Look, money is freedom. I tell you all the time. Your taxes are about to go up. Uh, Guess what? You want to save money anywhere you can. Now, our friends at Pure Talk USA offer this exact same great cell coverage as AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile. As a matter of fact, they use the exact same cell towers as the big carriers. You have the exact same number of bars on your phone in terms of signal strength, and you get to keep your phone and your phone number. But when you sign up with Pure Talk USA, you get the exact same thing and you start saving fifty percent off your first month. The average family is saving over eight hundred bucks a year for the exact same service. And they even offer more plans than the big carriers. Right now they got a limited offer unlimited talk unlimited text and six gigs of data only 30 bucks a month that's it all you have to do is pull out your cell phone takes two minutes dial pound 250 say the keyword save now sign up and save it's that simple dial pound 250 say the keyword save now average family saving over 800 bucks a year from our friends at pure talk usa
2: 9 p.m. Do you know where your president is? I don't know. Yep, he's sound asleep in his bed. With not a care in the world. Must be nice, Joe. The rest of us will keep working. You're on The Sean Hannity Show.
0: As we continue with Candace Jackson, who served as the Deputy Assistant Secretary of Strategic Operations Outreach, Office of Civil Rights, talking about uh, the Cuomo and Biden allegations and last night's interview with Charlotte Bennett. What did you think of the interview that took place with Charlotte Bennett last night on CBS?
8: Well, you know, like, like anyone else who is watching from the outside, uh, my, my personal reaction is she came across an extremely credible Uh, What happened didn't sound like, you know, didn't come across on its face like any kind of exaggeration or anything out of left field. It it sounded consistent and plausible. She sounded um, credible, Uh, but none of us were there. None of us were in the room with her and the governor. And so some kind of forum for uh, an investigation in front of a, a particular person with responsibility to decide what happened and, and draw a conclusion is important in any of these situations
0: all I right so based on what she said and the other accusers have said and basically what she's saying is her boss made uh, made her very uncomfortable made it known that he wanted to sleep with her um et cetera. And, and then in other cases, you have examples of, you know, like in Joe Biden's case of somebody, you know, aggressively in the case of Tara Reid and inappropriately, you know, assaulting somebody basically is what Tara Reid described to my to my understanding. The way I've read it. And what is the difference in distinction in both cases?
8: only a distinction on on a continuum if you will you know you can put sexual harassment on a continuum from some you know one-off verbal comment that makes someone uncomfortable that that's one thing and then you move up but this to a was
0: a full court have, press to get a relationship going
8: that's right and then you have repeated requests that are, you know, unwelcome and, and not responded to requests for, for sexual favors or suggestions that, especially from a boss, it puts pressure on someone to not want to have to refuse their boss. And then you have actual physical contact, uh, like what's alleged by Tara Reid against uh, Joe Biden. Uh, so it, it's all the same in terms of being wrong, especially in an employment uh, or student teacher context. Um, so, you know, there, there's a a continuum in terms of the severity and the and the the traumatic impact on a victim maybe but but it is all the same and needs to be taken seriously. Right.
0: Candice thank you for being with us love to have you back hopefully you'll be back soon and thank you as always for joining us. All right when we get back your calls eight hundred nine four one sean as we continue on this Friday. Show All right, 25 till the top of the hour. All right, we'll take your calls this final half hour. But first, it is time for our Biden blunders of the week. Listen in.
1: And representatives, uh, Sher- Shirley Jackson Lee, Al Green, Sylvia Garcia, Lizzie Pinelli. Uh, uh, excuse me, Pinell. And uh, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. And I'm proud to say we're halfway there, 50 million shots. Actually, I, I was telling the congressman earlier, I carry a little card with me and it list every day. The number of the actual number of vaccines that have been administered as of today, five as of last night, five hundred three thousand five hundred eighty seven. Every single one matters. I said from the beginning, like Roosevelt, I who said, I'll shoot you straight from the shoulder. You can handle anything as long as you're told the truth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm happy to take questions if that's what I'm supposed to do, Nance, whatever you want me to do.
0: I got to add to that, too. Joe Biden actually said Indian Americans are taking over the country, and I have no idea what he's talking about.
1: I'm doing very well, Mr. President. I just thank want you, you for, to know for
8: taking the time to speak with us. Are you
1: kidding me? What an honor this is! This is an incredible honor, and it's amazing. Indian of descent Americans are taking over the country. You, my Vice President, my speechwriter, Vanai, I tell you what. But thank you. You guys are incredible.
0: It's not the first time you can't go to a Dunkin' Donuts or 7-Eleven unless you have a slight Indian accent. And other very strange things that he has said uh, over the years on the issues of race and other things. In Delaware, the
1: largest growth in population is Indian Americans, moving from India. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven... Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent, fully, i I'm not You don't know my state. My state was a slave state. My state is a border state. My state is the eighth largest black population in the country. You got the first sort of mainstream African American yeah. who is articulate and bright and, and, and clean and nice-looking guy. I mean, it's, that's a story. Unchain Wall Street. They're going to put y'all back in chains. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. We have this notion that somehow if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. I'm a 29-year-old oddball. The only reason I was able to raise the money is I was able to have a national constituency to run for office. Because I was 29, I'm like the token black or the token woman. I was the token young person. If we don't, they will, or a portion of them will, become the predators 15 years from now. And Madam President, we have predators on our streets. I think the two party system, although my Democratic colleagues do not like me saying this, I think the two party system is good for the South and good for the good for the black in the South. Yes. And by the way, what you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community. Although I and my colleagues behind me revere the Senate, uh, Robert C. Byrd elevated the Senate. He was fiercely devoted, as you've all heard, to his principles. Even once he became power, he always spoke truth to power,
0: standing up for the people he proudly was part of. All right, to our busy telephones, we got Chad in Texas. Chad, how are you? Glad you called. You're on the Sean Hannity Show.
9: Hey, Sean, I'm doing great. Thank you for taking the call. I, uh, I really appreciate it. Um, you know... Joe Biden, his comments, you know, they did not offend me, but they uh, it made me think, OK, so it's uh, Neander all thinking to have this done. And before I go further on that, if there's time for me, Sean, I got to tell you this joke I've been dying to tell you, even Linda will get a kick out of it. It's totally clean. It's totally clean. But so this Neander all thinking to raise the mask mandates. You know, liberals are just so much outraged. No one's saying you, you can't continue to wear it. It's that, hey, we're going to make we're going to make it where our citizens are smart enough to make their own decisions. You know, if you still have a health issue, still wear it. If you still want to go somewhere still wear it now. Yeah. By the way,
0: I'd even take it further. Don't go in a big crowd. If you have if you have a health issue, um, don't go in a big crowd. Wear your mask. Socially distance. Protect yourself. You're right. Now, this people will make decisions about the the amount of risk they're willing to take on, knowing what the reality is. Everybody understands this at this point. And for a lot of people, um, it's, you know, some people already have the vaccine. They can, they're free to go out and live their lives somewhat normally again. Um, but the one thing I would ask others to do is, you know, don't forget grandma and grandpa, older people. You, you want to do it to protect them at all costs. You just we're almost at the end here. Let's get to the finish line, and life will get back to normal, hopefully.
9: Yes, we are. The uh, Neanderthal thinking it was that, okay, he says that's Neanderthal, but allowing, a, a, no, don't bat an eye at hundreds of thousands of whatever the number is, illegal immigrants coming in and then have tested positive for coronavirus. That's not Neanderthal. But, <laughs> I mean, he's okay, such a
0: hypocrite. You don't wear the damn mask. And he walks away from the podium shaking people's hands without a mask on. I, I can't. I mean, it's driving me insane. And it's it's frustrating, too, that the media covers for him. Because even the foreign media now, they've picked up on uh, what's going on with Joe. Joe seems like a cognitive mess. Two days ago.
1: Actually, not two days ago. Saturday. Seems like two days ago. You know, we're about to launch a uh, six-day... Uh, Sometimes I wake up and I think it's 1920 and not 2020. And uh, I guess it was uh, four, five, six days ago. I can't even remember now. I'm losing track of time. Who in God's name needs a hundred rounds and a bullet? Now we have over 120 million dead from COVID. One trillion, six, four hundred billion. 161,000 brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, grandparents lost. It would put 700. 700- and 20 million back, million women back in the workforce. Nobody says you can have around a, a magazine with 100 clips in it, 100 bu- bullets in it. We protect geese more than we protect. No joke. You can only have three, three shotgun shells. Go to Joe, three o, three two three three o oh, two three o oh, three 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 oh, o and help me in this fight. Thank you very much.
0: It's not just Sean Hannity saying it. And and, by the way, that's why they don't attack me anymore. They had been attacking me over this. And then all of a sudden I just keep saying, "Okay, well, you decide. And I keep playing those tapes and they can't stand it because the tapes uh, make it very obvious to anybody besides the mob and the media and big tech and Democrats that know themselves but don't want to admit it that, you know, he's weak and frail and he's struggling. That's all there is to it. It's not a medical diagnosis. I'm not a doctor. All right, you get the last word.
9: Okay, Sean, that is all correct. And here's the little joke, a joke to have you not be insane. Okay, okay. Linda's going to get a kick out of this. I'm dating back about a month ago on the second Senate impeachment trial of President Donald J. Trump. Sean, it was so much of a slam dunk for Trump's team to get him not guilty— he could have hired rookie attorney Vincent Laguardia Gibbini to represent him, and he would still <laughs>
0: my cousin Vinny. Yes,
9: yes. <laughs> it was one of the
0: greatest movies of on. all time. You know, it
9: comes on. So you got the two, the two
0: utes, the two what? 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 What's a ute? Two utes. You know what's a ute? Funny moments. And one of my favorite though is uh, Marissa Tomei. So let me see. There's a little deer prancing around, finding a little, little brook and taking a sip of water. Then, bam! Some some guy gonna pow pops him in the head and kills it. I mean, it's hilarious. There's some great scenes in that movie. If I need to just just totally veg, I'll watch my cousin Vinny. Uh, Linda, are you laughing at that? I love. Yeah, that I mean, movie. listen.
7: Nobody loves Marissa Tomei more than me. I oh, love her I in that know. movie. Oh, I
0: know. You are Marisa Tomei, by the way. I, I might be saying. Marissa
7: Tomei in my past <laughs> life, maybe. <laughs> I, listen, uh, that's not a bad thing, in my opinion. A little deer dancing by the brook. No, you know what I love. You know what I love about her. My favorite yeah. line in that whole movie. And so she goes, Oh my God, what a nightmare. Because I say it all the time. <laughs> yeah. And she goes, Oh, it's so terrible. You have to say thank you to somebody. You know, because there's a lot of people, oh, specifically funny. in our business, who don't like yeah. to ask for help, and like to do everything on their own. Oh, you were so good in that courtroom. Oh, oh you, what? you were fabulous. You were oh, yes. fabulous. You know, <laughs> it never gets when old. She's man, marching on that
0: porch and she's uh, you know stomping her feet and whatever that outfit. My was. biological
7: clock is ticking. <laughs> my biological clock is
0: ticking. Slamming her high heels on the on the on the deck. It was hilarious. This is great. It's
7: the best All movie right. ever.
0: Um, that is a funny movie. The fact that I can quote it, it's almost like Gladiator. Uh, Maximus, do you not accept this great honor? With all my heart, no, sire. Maximus, that is why it must be you. What about Commodus? Commodus is not a moral man. We have known this since your youth.
7: That movie's really violent, though.
0: What? So this brave art. freedom. <laughs> I've got to try what we've been trying these last these last years. I want a <laughs> wife, a family. I've asked God for these things. Okay, I am really a illu- loser. I'm telling you.
7: No, what it shows kids, is that there's nothing good on anymore. So we have to go back to the old faithful. My kids That's the can't take it. It's like,
0: Dad, what is wrong with you? Gladiator, Braveheart, Passion of the Christ. My cousin Vinny. I you like know, my I big watch fat Greek wedding. All the mob I never movies that have ever been that. made. I love that um, movie. Which one?
7: My big fat Greek wedding. It's a great yeah, movie. A there's movie no sex. Too. There's no violence. There's no cursing. It's amazing.
0: What's the one with Joe Pesci and De Niro? The mob movie. Well, they've done not Casino. That's a good movie too. What's the other one? Goodfellas. Good I love Goodfellas.
7: Oh, it's too violent. Oh my god! Oh,
0: come on, listen. Or
7: it's violent for the sake of being violent. I can't stand that. It's irritating.
0: I want to tell everybody. Imagine that a mob hero. movie that's violent. Ooh, It's yeah, too violent that's though. Violent. It's that's worse. Everybody, well, my son Michael comes back, should something befall him, an accident of some kind, I will blame all of you in this room. I will not break the peace we have made and agreed to this night. Not great. I'm trying. Uh, that, by the way, that one actually hurts the back of my throat. It
7: should hurt, hurt the know, back of throat. The fact
0: your throat. is, you, you guys think it's, I don't think it's good at all. I mean, my Levin, I everybody think it's your best. to like when I do it on no, stage.
7: I don't like Levin. I don't Nobody, like Clinton.
0: How am I going to do, do Rush? I mean, I, I You're love You're never going to do
7: Rush. No one's going to do Rush.
0: No, well, I'm saying that, you know, I mean, it was so funny after I filled in for him that first time, and the microphone had dropped, which you always love me to play, which I'm not playing now. It's the best. No. And then... John Hannity dented the golden EIB. We
7: are microphone. actually, I asked Mike the other day, Mike Maimone, yep. I asked him the other day. I said, can you find me that? He was like, yeah, I'll look for it.
0: God, I don't know how we're going to do this without him.
7: Like we He's do with all the greats. Powerful... We remember those moments. That's how we honor the legacy.
0: But how do, you know, in these times, these troubled times, as he used to say, you know, I mean, it's just the voice. Mary Matlin was great when she had said after the Clinton years, I can't imagine surviving those years without Rush. I mean, it was it's always been in that anchor. And you think of all these like generations that have grown up with him. And it's such a loss. I think the most amazing thing and I think the, the, the best thing that I can say is, is that anybody that gets this kind of diagnosis, it, it, he knew it was a death sentence. He knew it. He went for the harsh treatments. Now, the treatment is to extend life, in some cases, save it miraculously. Um, But he'd go through hell with these treatments and his bucket list was to just get back on the air. It wasn't like Morgan Freeman and Jack Nicholson in, in the movie The Bucket List. His bucket list was to be with his audience. It's just how much he cared about everybody that tuned in. I mean, as I said, nobody can ever replace him. Just impossible. You can't replace Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, Derek Jeter, Hank Aaron. All in one. Anyway, we'll miss him. We miss him already.
2: Three hours a day is all we ask on The Sean Hannity Show.
9: So please join us, but just don't be late.
2: John Hannity is on.
0: Talking about Hustler Turf and their incredibly smooth driving, zero turn lawnmowers. Again, they've been in business for generations. They know mowers and they make the best mowers for both homeowners that mow once a week and professionals that are out there hustling every single day. Look, I know what you're thinking. All right, Hannity, how different can a hustler mower be? Now, my advice drive one, then drive another brand, and I guarantee you, you will feel the hustler difference. Now, on top of the industry's smoothest steering, Hustler mowers, they're fabricated to last with their fabricated welded steel decks, the best comfort of any mower on the market. Now, you need to drive by, go by your big box store, try those. Then go to your local Hustler dealer and you'll notice the difference immediately. Now, they are the experts when it comes to lawn equipment. And by the way, their experts are trained to ask you the right questions. They'll ask about your property. They're going to match the right mower to your needs and your budget and show you how to perform basic maintenance and a guide on how to operate it safely. Don't underestimate the importance of that. Anyway, just go to hustlerturf.com right now. Find the dealer near you, Hustlerturf.com. All right, Hannity, 9 Eastern tonight, Fox News. We will have full coverage of the crisis at the border with our exclusive video coverage. Also, you'll meet a woman who whose mother-in-law was killed in a nursing home because of the executive order in New York. Lisa Booth, Kevin McCarthy, Joe Concha, and the authors of the book, How Biden Barely Won the Presidency. They took the crazy uncle-in-the-basement campaign strategy, and I'll let them explain in their own words. 9 Eastern, say you DVR. See you tonight. Thanks for being with us. Back here Monday. Have a great weekend. Thank you for being with us.